surprise. surprise welcome into popcorn for breakfast a surprise episode two we've got another big show for you we're going to start by recapping last week's episode with a little bit of housekeeping we've got a little bit of, of mail time for you then we're going to jump into movie news this week we'll be reviewing toy story 4 and finally we've got our top five which this week is film franchises where one of the sequel is the best film in the series and we'll explain that a little bit more later Let's do it. episode two of popcorn for breakfast a surprise episode um so we'll get in let's let's actually let's just address that yes. right away because what you're going to learn early on and what you know now is that kirk and i are liars and you can't take us at our word because mm-hmm. if you'll remember we actually said that it would be two weeks until our next episode that's right and we quick we quickly reneged on that for a lot of reasons the most important of which is all of the support that we've gotten from you guys yep so thank you so much to everyone who's liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, listened to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever. We're, we're Wherever getting, you're finding us. Yeah, we're almost, we're almost everywhere now. Um, but it's been a great response. We, were, we, we honestly just got too excited. We wanted to get back into the studio and, and start making more. So what that means is if this is bad, just don't count it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because it wasn't going to happen anyway. So if it's, if it sucks, you just act like it didn't even happen, right? Right. And then next week, we'll just label that episode two. Yes. No, I like that. And this will just be like the forgotten episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Yeah. And everybody will... I mean, I think people will quickly forget about it if we just like act like it never happened. Yeah. So... You'll ask us about it be like, what are you talking about? Right. But also, if this episode sucks, you have yourselves to blame. That's right. Because you were too nice to us. Which, I mean, take that as, as you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So this is episode two. I teed up a lot of stuff in the open. I want to start with a couple of follow-ups from last episode because we got into some topics in the first half. Like, first of all, Guilty Pleasure TV show, Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. And I made, a, I made a claim at that time, which was that I watched all of Gossip Girl in two weeks, which is true. Again, but what an admirable effort. Like, congratulations yes, on that again. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Props to me. Yes. So we went and did the math on that. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. 121 hours <laughs> in two weeks. 121. So 14 days. 14 days. So let's, let's do a little bit of math here. Okay. You divide that guy by 24 hours, mm-hmm. which is a day. You get like five and a third. So I spent, out of 14 days, I spent five and a third days watching Gossip Girl. So what this means is I watched Gossip Girl more than I slept. Yep. For sure. I watched it more than I worked, which actually kind of makes sense because at the time I was like working part-time in radio. I was working part-time with you actually. At the hotel. At the hotel. Yep. We were just killing the game. Oh, yeah. Killing the hotel game. Hospitality. Yeah. So, but it, it evens out to like eight hours a day or a little, a little bit more than eight hours a day, which saying it out loud is, is a little bit embarrassing, but his face is bright red. Everybody. It was, it was so real. Um, 
And I think the funniest thing about that is you know I didn't watch like a consistent eight hours every day. Right. So there's probably days where you hit eight hours, uh, but there are probably days you probably hit 12. Like if you were on a good oh. roll, a good stretch of a season, you know? I can remember a Saturday. I actually, the funniest memory I have from this stretch is being in the midst of season four and knowing that I was flying through it and being like, oh crap season six is not on netflix right and so i amazoned it and i was like this better be here in two days because i'm gonna be i'm gonna be done with season five by then and i was in the middle of season four at that time yes and i actually ran through all of them and i was waiting for season six to arrive here's a question so was season six the last season i think so or did you have to watch anything live or was it all no 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 it was it it was all done it was all done yeah so i think season six if i can remember correctly season six is the final season okay gotcha that's great that's really great and dedication right too because you're like no 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 time is running out let's get let's get prepared for the next phase that i'm about to go through yeah i also did get spoiled too i i got oh i know and now i was like i was like in the season before you find out yeah man and and it was like I mean, I feel stupid looking back because it's one of those things that we know, we just know now not to Google certain things. Yep. But I was Googling something that was related to Gossip Girl, but like not specific to who Gossip Girl was. Mm-hmm. And I got spoiled. That's so, why spoilers are so not fair, people, in the times that you, you give them. I mean, I guess the se- the series had ended. That's so Cameron got to watch it. But, you know, like it was still too soon to be like telling everybody what was happening. Oh, for sure. It's kind of like saying the end of Breaking Bad within the first like four months after it ended. Like, shame on you. People are streaming that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still don't feel totally safe about that. I'm a little worried. That's why I didn't say it. Yeah. Can't say it. Nope. No, Not going to happen leave, today. Just leave that one right there. Yeah. So so that's a wrap on, on Gossip Girl. 121 hours, five total days. I mean incredible i'm gonna get you like an award like a trophy you yeah. know like well, maybe it's got a, a a gossipy girl on it that says uh fastest binge watcher of gossip girl in yeah, the history or, of ever yeah it should or just like a or just like a couch with a remote on it or something yes. like that. <laughs> though what's the other remarkable thing i just said it was a wrap and i'm going back to this the yep. other remarkable thing is i lost weight that summer like I, I lost a significant amount of weight and i have to believe that's because i just couldn't eat because I was so emotionally enwrapped right. in Gossip Girl. You didn't want to miss a moment by a crunch of a potato chip. No, couldn't. From the from the, the dialogue walk, that was happening. Yeah, I mean, so it's crucial. too good. Yeah, that that 30-second walk to the pantry and back, Mm-mm. you're missing tons of plot in that in that time. Nope, and you can't pause it and then come back because then you're just losing crucial daylight hours right. or, you know, nighttime hours. You're also too. losing your vibe a little bit. Yeah. And you can't kill your vibe in the middle of a binge. It's dangerous. So we just scientifically proved that binging tv and movies help you lose weight look at that i think that's great i think we may have just we should get a nobel prize for that actually i agree yeah coming at you 2020 yeah and and going back to the spoiler thing i just want to say right now because so you spent your july 4th weekend watching stranger things correct mm-hmm. okay. i did i did not mm-hmm. um i'm going to i'm going to watch it i'm, I'm very excited about it actually mm-hmm. but people are a little loosey-goosey right now with with the stranger things talk yes there's a lot of like people just assuming that everybody has watched it, and I'm not okay with that. Right. I mean, has it even been out? It's so it's been out a full week now, right? Yeah, because it came, it dropped on July 4th, and today is the, the day of recording is July 14th. However, people don't have all the time that I well, dedicated I mean, come to on. restless nights to see the those episodes. It's a little bit more than a week. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's impossible. Not yeah. not everybody's doing that. So you got to give it some time. Right. I mean, you have to. So. 
I saw a lot of people like posting posting memes or like posting pictures of characters and being like, "I'm so sad," and I'm like, "Oh, did somebody die? Mm-hmm. Was did this person die?" Right. And so yeah, just take it easy. If you're if you're one of those people, please please just use use caution. Yeah. Have some empathy. Even um, even those uh, this is this is a hot take, right? Even those uh, the phenomenon that is the tweet with no context with all the images of things like oh those no context spoilers it's too close it's I, too close. i think so too yeah and and what it really does because i saw this during endgame there mm-hmm. was a lot of like people thought it was cool to be like in-game spoiler with no context mm-hmm. and some of those things you might realize 10 minutes in the movie what they were talking about right and it and so it can ruin it still it's true or if you're a savvy moviegoer or just an intelligent person you might see the no context right. and be like i bet this is what this means yeah and then you're ruined yeah so i'm i i will just say right now and it sounds like we're on the same page about this there's yep. no context spoilers that's not okay yep and just to be clear you you have a couple of episodes left of season two to finish right i do i do jackie and i do this really annoying thing where We'll just we'll just stop a binge at like two episodes left mm-hmm. and not pick it up for a year. It's I inexplicable. That. I don't know why we do it. Like I know Jackie Jackie did it with um, what was that to make a, making a murderer? Yep. Because she just she couldn't stomach it anymore. So, so stressful. I don't know what it was with with season two, but I also I will just say I was not the and I was not as into season two. Okay, I thought season one was much better, and I think that season two without Bob the Brain mm-hmm. would be a much worse. I mean, I don't know if I it, I don't think it would be nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that that char- I thought Sean Astin's character so made good. it. So um, good. So yeah, we we do that. So I have two episodes left, which I think like you you mentioned that'll probably be a good thing, right? Yeah, there are some there are some big strides in the last two episodes of season two okay yeah so great like so it. maybe maybe my opinion is not fully formed i'm good i'm good with that yeah and i'm hearing amazing things about season three so good you're in that camp then i want to talk to you all about it and i can't okay this is hard we'll um, make it happen i will say um on the topic of getting to the end of a series and then stopping it's partially because you you don't want it to end you think that's what it is like I it's think an unspoken so. defense mechanism yes my wife and i have done that too like oh with like great british baking show great british baking show we didn't finish some episodes for a while we're like i don't know this is a great this is a great series i don't know i want to wait a little bit okay i I will take that take yeah i kind of like that it's like i know that i am not in a in a place emotionally or mentally to stomach losing this show right yes yeah okay i feel like my wife and i did that a little bit with downton abbey we were pretty we were pretty Mm. big downton abbey fans yeah excited for the movie coming out too and we 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 were binging and binging and binging and then there was this pause it was like i don't want the story to end yeah i think that's where you guys are at i'll take that yeah i'll take that i think that's pretty good like you need closure but you don't want it it's yeah it's like a friend you don't want to see them go for sure (laughs) um so one of the other things that we teed up in the last episode was the disney bracket yes and i have to say early returns have been very good on this oh yes because i was like if you if you read the post on the website i was like this could this could shake the fabric of your being mm-hmm. and it could cause you to cause some friendships to go into the fray. Yes. And early on, like I think we only got like two or three submissions via Facebook, but people were getting torn up yes. and it, it was just incredible to watch. Okay. So this was the funniest bracket. The, the funniest comment section that I saw was this bracket. Here's the top four. Robin hood, Hercules, emperor's new groove and Coco. Mm hmm. And Emperor's New Groove came out victorious. And yeah. 
this dude was getting smoke yes. in a major, major way. He took it well, by the way. Yeah. This person shall remain unnamed, but you took the feedback. Well, right, well. because we don't want any more heat coming your way. Right. Um, but I will just say, Emperor's New Groove is, is criminally underrated. And we'll get into that a little bit whenever we talk about the bracket. So I'll just start there. But mm-hmm. people were upset about Hercules getting as far. Because Hercules is debatably in the most stacked segment of the bracket. Yes. You've got Lion King's down there. Um, Aladdin's down there. Toy Story's down there. Right. Those are heavy hitters. Let me tell you, like, I agree. Like, I think Hercules is underrated. Sure. But I got to say that I, those other ones, those those are pretty big hitters. I think those me. those three, I would, I would, and this is not backed up by stats, but I would just say that probably 98% of brackets would end up with one of those three in their final four. I would agree. Out of that region. Cause it's, Good stats. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> making stuff up. And that's okay. <laughs> and sidebar, more tangents. I think Hercules would be an excellent live action remake for Disney to Ooh, take on. I actually like that. I mean, surely they're gonna do it, right? Yes. I it mean, they're they're making a live action remake of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Right. So yeah, Hercules is for sure happening. I saw I saw some early casting decisions from people of the internet, and someone said, and "I think this is perfect." Hercules, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Excellent choice, I feel like. That'll probably happen. Yeah. Because he's an onward. Mm-hmm. And they do this thing. I don't know if you picked up on this, but like Idris Elba, he was like popping up in a bunch of Disney films for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't I didn't like go to like the the Reddit thread where they break this stuff down because I find that super annoying. No. But when he cuz he was in Jungle Book, he played Shere Khan. Okay. And he at the same time he was in like two Pixar movies. So he was in Finding Dory as one of those like seals that is like jet rolled you know what i'm talking <laughs> that's about that's right yes. they're like kicking him off the rock hilarious <laughs> bit part yes but like he had he had some smaller roles so i think they do this thing where like they're like hey we'll sign you to a massive contract on this movie you'll get the lead you'll get top billing and then we also want you to play like a, a couple of little bit parts for us along the way and i think it works mm-hmm. out in a major way so i can't confirm that they're doing that but it sure seems like they seems are. seems like the trend okay. yeah um yeah, so so that was really funny on on the Disney brackets. If you haven't filled out your Disney bracket, please do. Kirk Kirk actually falls into this category. I have not even touched it. I don't own a printer at my house um, because I'm poor. And then the other thing is that <laughs> I tried to do my Disney bracket. I actually tried to put pull it up on DocuSign. <laughs> what? <laughs> on what? My, on my phone of all places, like oh, not even an iPad gosh. or a computer. I pulled it up. I was like, oh yeah, you can do like text boxes oh, where you can enter things. Gosh. And it did not go well. Okay, Don't that is that. not recommended. And I will just say, I did not clarify how this should be filled out. Yep. So I'll just say it right now. Print the thing out. It's easier. Take a photo of it. It's hard to fill it out in Excel. It wasn't really built for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why when you print it, it prints perfectly to like one page landscape. Mm-hmm. So just do that. Definitely don't use DocuSign. <laughs> that's insane. Shout out DocuSign. You do some incredible things, yeah. but not for this it's Disney not bracket. For that. No, it's definitely not for that. Okay, that's And if awesome. someone could print me a bracket, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, the last bit, and I don't want to go too much into the methodology of the bracket because, again, we'll cover that next week. But we had uh, a question. It was a really good question about some of these sequels. So Return of Jafar is the one that we were talking about, which is a fan favorite. Like, there's a cult-like following for this movie. Mm-hmm. And it did go to theaters for a limited time, but it was not a wide release, and it was released to um, movie first, to home, home video first. And so that that is one of the credentials. Like, it has to have had a wide 
theatrical release before it's released to uh, home video. Mm-hmm. So that is the reason that it was not clarified. But there's probably enough of those movies that we could do like a sh- direct-to-video bracket. Like That's all, true. And that would be hilarious because there are some real stinkers in that bunch as yes. well as some good ones. Like there's some hidden gems. I think Lion King one and a half is the one that, that pops into mind for me. That was a really, a really good one. Yep. Whereas like Lion King two, maybe not. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's the Disney bracket. Please go fill it out. Please take a photo of it and send it to us if you can, or just like, I don't know, tweet or post us like your top four if you don't want to take yeah. the full heat because people will look at every single matchup and tear you up yes. on there, and it, which is great. It's part of the fun. It's fun. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So last thing from last week, we've been getting a lot of really good feedback on social media Mm -hmm. we've been getting feedback from people um like sending us questions and sending us suggestions which please keep that up yes we we want that we want all of that and so one one came over last night that i thought we should talk about and this is our what are we calling this segment are we calling it are we calling it mail time or like mail room or or no that's that's too simple right so we need a little something different to differentiate ourselves from others so i'm ready okay this is this is my take and if you guys don't like it you can send in better suggestions but hear me out Carpe DM. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so, you love it. So DM is in direct message. Yes, right? like sliding into wow. your DMs, but sees the sees the sees DM. the D. Okay. You well, know, Dead Poet Society. <laughs> we talk about movies. Wow, you you put a lot of thought into this. I, okay, <laughs> not really, <laughs> but thank you. Um, wow. I, I, Carpe DM. It could be a really cool graphic. We could have like a jingle to it, you know. Who's writing this jingle? I don't know. Oh, Ryan. Hopefully Ryan's breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, okay. I will Okay, we'll we'll go with Carpe DM for now. Great. If you have suggestions, please send it over. But Kirk's very excited about this. Thank so. you, everybody. Please support my Carpe wow. DM. Okay, so our first ever Carpe DM segment um comes to us via Sam who sent us over a message last night uh, talking about DC. And I'll paraphrase this a little bit. Um, he had a lot of really good detail, but I just want to mm-hmm. hit on the hit on the facts so that we can jump into it. Basically, Sam was watching The Dark Knight and kind of feeling a little bit somber about the fact that The Dark Knight is really good. And mm-hmm. that whole that whole series and, and how they did that was really good. And he just is feeling like, will DC ever get back to that? Can you do Batman that well? again and also you have to remember the dark knight came out the same year as iron man so when the mcu was getting started dc was already doing things Mm -hmm. and they were doing it well like like academy award quality level well so i think the ultimate question here is like what went wrong with dc can they can they pull it back and do we think that we'll ever see Batman as good as he was in the dark Knight? Mm-hmm. What's so interesting about this comment is that first of all, Bravo, like it's exactly true. And Spot on. dark Knight came out the same year as iron man. Yeah. However, I did some research. Batman begins the beginning of this trilogy came out in 2005 versus 2008. Right. And so that gave Marvel the folks at Marvel and John Favreau plenty of time to see like, Oh, look at this. Look at this creation of like, um, what if, what if, what is our closest realization of superheroes into reality? Yeah. And so the groundwork was laid from Christopher Nolan and, and creative team 
and I feel like, in in my opinion, I feel like it laid some some of the great things that we saw in Iron Man. Right. I think it did. Yeah. I think it did. And and you can't ignore the similarities between Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark as characters. Right. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence, is it? No. No. I mean, they, they went that direction for a very specific reason. Iron Man is the Batman in terms of, like, foils. Yes. He, like, he, he is Batman's counterpart in the, in the MCU. He's not as... I mean, obviously, Iron Man pre, prior to the MCU was not as big of a deal as Batman is in general. Right. But they are very similar. Um, I think you also just have to give a ton of credit to Chris Nolan. Like, I think it would be a total disservice if we sat here and we're like oh, well, DC, it, it should have been super easy for them to pull this together. Chris Nolan didn't. Like, like no. Chris Nolan is, is a world-class filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He makes good movies mm-hmm. all the time. Like, yep. the, the bar that he sets is incredibly high, and, I mean, we can't ignore that cast, Christian Bale. Um, he's going to be the Batman that I remember. He's the Bruce Wayne that I will remember forever. Right. So I don't want to say that it was – I don't want to do DC an injustice by saying that – it should have been easy for them to pull it together. And I think they tried. Like, yes. Zack Snyder had a similar vision. Like, he wanted it to feel like DC. And DC is a little bit of a darker tone to it. It has it has darker tone. It has a darker feel. I think it's good. Yep. When it's done well, it's done really well. But I'll also say when it's done poorly, you're not going to get a lot of mercy from the fans. Right. Because you've got this serious tone and you're trying to intentionally be serious and dark and um, dramatic. And when you miss, like, you're going to get slammed. And that's exactly what we saw, isn't it? Yeah, I feel yeah, that's that's such a good point. Like, there was a point when DC came out and said, like, we're not going to have any more humor in our films. Yeah. And then they scrapped that immediately. Thank goodness. Because you have to be real. Like, there's humor in everyday life. There has to be humor injected into these movies. Like, they don't have to be slapstick. But Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's funny moments. There's really funny moments in, in the Dark Knight trilogy, too. Yes. Like, does it come in black? You yes. know, like, there's, there's bits, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think so. So, Sam, to answer your question, we're with you. We still root for DC, and the the core of all of this, of what kickstarted so many of the superhero movies that we have had since the early two thousands, I feel like they can get there. It's just been a messy road to get back to that kind. I of I think level. so too. I think so too. And and honestly, watching how DC has responded to everything that's gone on has been kind of personable because, like, you can. You're like, well, yeah. I mean, so Suicide Squad, I think, is the first example where people were pumped for that movie. But the first trailer came out and they were like, wow, this seems pretty dark and serious. And that was not, you know, the soup of the day at the time Mm -hmm. because Marvel was peaking at that point. And so people were like, well, why isn't this more like Marvel? Mm -hmm. So then they had... um, the next trailer came out. They did some reshoots. I mean, how many times has lots DC of done re- reshoots? Lots of reshoots for Suicide Squad. Yeah. That was a uh, that was very public. Yeah. And the second trailer was was that the what was it Killer Queen or like Bohemian Rhapsody? Like they mm-hmm. played one of those songs in the trailer, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh yeah, like this is more the direction we were wanting." So so DC did succumb. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be a DC apologist. They did succumb a little bit to the pressure. I can't really blame them for that, but I do think all of that back and forth of kind of like changing what they were going to do and what they were going for really left them with no identity. 
Right. So, That's I mean, put it. Wonder Woman and Aquaman did well in the box office. Mm-hmm. Shazam did well. Love Sh- Shazam. Shazam. And those, I think we could agree, are more Marvel-esque in nature in terms of their tone and their feel. Mm-hmm. So, I get DC being like, hey, this stuff plays. We need to make this. Yep. Um, but, again, when you, when you look at those movies and compare it to Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad you're left thinking these movies are connected. Like right. this is, this is all one universe and it just, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. So what they're doing now, I think is a great move. So they've committed to saying, we don't need an extended universe. Mm-hmm. We could just do a couple of movies about characters that we really want to tell stories about. And we can make them in a vacuum of sorts, similar mm-hmm. to how dark Knight was. Yes. And, just try to try to get good directors try to get good talent make good films i actually really like that yeah i think that that's a perfect way because to you're not going to beat marvel at their game it's too late it's done yeah i think if this is like the nike adidas example so nike owns sports apparel mm-hmm. so what did adidas do they said we're going to tackle pop culture mm-hmm. we're going to sign kanye we're going to get influencers on social media that are not in the sports space and i think that's the direction that dc needs to go here they just need to take a step back yep and make some good films. And they can be equally as successful just attacking a different a target audience. And they are different audiences, honestly. They like, are. They are. No, they are. We still, they're s- the same people, the same crowd will see both films, but your your like heroes, your champions of your brand are different people than the Marvel and Marvel versus DC. So I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what they're doing with this new direction. Yeah. They've got some really interesting directors lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is out on Todd Phillips. I don't know. Um, but James Gunn. James Gunn. Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Patty Jenkins. You know, she does a great job. She did a great job with Wonder Woman, and now she we did. get 1984 Wonder Woman. Which, the all the promotional and marketing stuff coming out for that just looks sick. It, it looks, looks really, really good. cool. So, so yeah. So, to, to put a bow on this, DC is not lost. Mm-hmm. I think we will see a thriving Batman again. He's too good of a character with too much literature to back it up for somebody not to do it right again. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess just stay tuned. Yep. We'll see what happens. They're on their way up. They are. They are. We we will say that for sure. Okay. So that's Carpe DM. Sorry, I Boom. still can't get over that one. Carpe um, DM. And it's not that it's bad. It's just it's it's great for so many reasons. But if you have suggestions, please let us know. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. All right. Moving into movie news. We've got we've got another big week. I said I said that last week was a big week and I'm wondering if that was incorrect because this week is like bigger than last week kind of so i'm like i wonder if i should if i'm eating my words a little bit um but do you want to do you want to kick us off here sure thing yeah one of the things we got we want to acknowledge is something that will inevitably unfortunately happen and it always seems when this happens it happens in threes so we had three big names in the film and industry world who passed away this week. Super sad for in every single case of them. Uh, number one, we've got Cameron Boyce, who passed away, only 20 years old. Um, we know that the, the, his family is struggling, so shout out, thoughts, prayers, condolences to your family. And what we want to do with this is we want to acknowledge the people that have passed away. We don't want to ignore it, but we also don't want to like drag your mood down. Like, hey, I came to listen to this podcast, and now we're just we're just sad. Like, We want to revel in the celebration of these people who yeah, are for sure. forever immortalized on, on these 
films and movies that changed our lives and made us excited and you know kind of connected us to people who we maybe not wouldn't have connected to before so Cameron Boyce was uh, famously in this in a Disney series called Jesse and also this really cool concept called The Descendants and there are three films the third one's about to drop on Disney Channel where they are the um, the villains that we all know and love of big Disney movies the kids the children of uh, these villains. That's so, awesome. Cam- I love that concept. It's really cool. So like Cameron Boyce's character in particular was Cruella DeVille's son. Love it. So he's got this like just stark white hair and I haven't seen the films but I, I'm going to watch it and kind of honoring him and they have like there's like all these fun musical tracks that I play for my kids like when it comes on Pandora. I'm yeah, like, yeah. It sounds fun. So you know that's one you can see for him. Another, another artist uh, another actor we lost was Rip Torn. Uh, you know him from Men in Black and dodgeball and yeah. a number of other things if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a dodgeball is, is rip torn <laughs> that that's that's the iconic one and i think rip torn has been in so many things and that sort of speaks to his legacy i always think when you have these actors who have a list of credits so long yes it speaks to their character i think because you know it means people wanted to work with them he, and he doesn't have, like, all these huge credits. You know, he wasn't, like, leading man and all these things. Um, but you can tell people wanted to work with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he was well-respected. Every time somebody was making a movie, they were like, oh, man, we got to get, get, get Rip Torn involved because he was he was just well-respected in the industry. And I, I can only assume that people love to, to work with them. And, man, did he have some fun roles, some really fun roles Absolutely. over the years. Those are the ones that stick out to me. But, yeah, I think we looked it up. There was, like, over 150 credits on yeah, IMDb. Yeah, insane. Like, so good. And one of the cool things that, about Rip Torn is that Rip Torn actually worked with one of the what, – who's considered the founder of method acting, Lee Strasberg, in the actor's studio in New York. He actually – learned directly from him he was he was rip torn's teacher with as a number of other hand a handful of students but that's pretty incredible that yeah. this guy learned from him this actor and then you know you know him in these these fun iconic roles so and then so we've got our final one here uh, also passed away denise nickerson uh, someone we didn't see uh, had a long film career but definitely one of our most iconic ones she played violet in <laughs> yeah willy wonka and the chocolate factory uh, so wonderful. You're turning violet, violet. You're turning violet, violet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And that's that's that that alone. If that's the only credit that you have, I mean, that's certainly the one people will remember it for. But incredible. That's she, such so a great good. movie, and one of those movies where like the Willy Wonka is great and is like this uh, really like you're magnetized to that character. But without all those those kids playing yeah. those roles and, and doing such an incredible job that movie doesn't work exactly it doesn't exactly so um, shout out to them to, to all of their work if you can and in celebration of them again see if you can watch one of those uh, this week or in the coming the coming months so re- yeah just it's, mad respect for it's them. always a good it's always a good exercise to just be like to reacquaint yourself with that artist that you kind of lost like i can remember um you know philip seymour hoffman's mm-hmm. death really hit hard there was i mean it's such a big fan of his work but it was such a great time to go through all of those incredible roles that he had and watch those movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't recommend that enough. Yep. All right. So we'll lighten things up a little bit going forward. Um, but definitely make sure you watch the, watch some films from those guys over the next week. Big movie news. Just came out. This is like breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherlock Holmes 3. Mm-hmm. We're getting a Sherlock Holmes 3. And this is... I mean, in case you're lost in the thousands of different Sherlock Holmes adaptations, yeah. which 
I don't know why you would be. There's only a million of them. Um, this w- this is a build off of the Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, Rachel McAdams universe of yes. Sherlock Holmes that Guy Ritchie sort of started um, years ago. What what are your thoughts on on Sherlock Holmes three? The news. Yeah. So couple of questions first off i never saw the second one saw the first one okay loved it never got a chance to see the second one i don't think it got met with the greatest response no i mean i would say you didn't miss a ton there okay yeah I, so here's here's my take sorry to to step over Do you it. but if you've seen one you've seen two like it's it's very it's very gimmicky and it's not it's not that it doesn't work mm-hmm. I, th- I think that the gimmick does work but this is essentially guy Ritchie making a superhero film out of sherlock holmes Mm -hmm. and um a lot of people were mad about like the fighting scenes and like how they did that which is not i mean it it is canon so i mean he he was a trained martial artist and all this stuff like you have to be a big fan to know that but it's, it's not untrue to the character it just it was a little bit i think stylistically different than what a lot of people think of when they think of sherlock holmes okay so I think if you've seen that one, you've seen two. It's basically the same thing. I, I don't feel like I got much more out of the second Sherlock Holmes movie. Okay. So my biggest question coming for this is that, is it going to be a trilogy? I'm assuming so. We have the same actors, or is it? are they just telling a different story not connected to those first two? Yeah, so it's a good point. I don't imagine that this will be called sherlock holmes 3 when it comes out you know like it'll have some sort of because i think the second one was called a game of shadows or something like Mm -hmm. that and the way that arthur conan doyle kind of wrote this character was that it was all these short stories that were somewhat woven together but not always it was more like you know it's just like all these little nuggets and fun stories featuring the same characters but maybe not like interwoven in a way so that's nice we get kind of blinded to that because of the 23 films from the Marvel, like, uh, yeah. are they connected? Like, what's going on? But, yeah, that'd be fine, too, if it's just its own adventure. I think yeah. that'd be great. The, the the really interesting bit about this one is that we're not getting Guy Ritchie. We're getting Dexter Fletcher, Whoa. who directed Rocket Man and directed um, Eddie the Eagle. Okay. I think those are the two big ones. Um, was a producer on Bohemian Rhapsody. So, so it tends to reside a little bit more in, like, the biopic genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little bit of a hot name. So that'll be really interesting. Cause as we know, Guy Ritchie has a very distinct style and one that I think is hard to duplicate. Sometimes you, you pick up a sequel that's by a different director and you can see how they tried to make them work together. Mm-hmm. I think that's a tall task when you're picking up a Guy Ritchie series because he has a very specific feel. Right. So that'll be interesting for sure. But I'm going to, I'm going to withhold judgment. I will say like, I'm not going to get super jazzed about this just because I feel like we've seen this character and and it's not bad, but maybe we don't need more Sherlock Holmes, especially at this stage in the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what happens early on. All right. So the next one you had Judy, Judy, the Judy Garland story. This one I'm particularly emotionally connected to. So Judy Garland holds a special place in my heart because um, I did with the Wizard of Oz in high school. Oh I was yeah, Scarecrow, and most importantly, my wife, my then just friend, played Dorothy. So we were Dorothy and Scarecrow, and now we're married and we have two beautiful kids. So it's basically like the um, that's the theater equivalent of like the <laughs> the jock star quarterback and the the captain of the cheerleading squad. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly yeah, and so 
I've always, my wife has always had, your sister has always had just this love for Judy Garland. And then I, that spilled over onto me. Yeah. And super excited for this. Renee Zellweger is playing Judy Garland. And so when I saw the first trailer, the second trailer just dropped this past week. When the first trailer came out and I saw Renee Zellweger, I was like, absolutely. She looks just like Judy she does. Garland. She does. <laughs> that blew my mind. Yeah. And this trailer gives us lots of information on where we're going with it. It looks like most of it's at the, the latter end of her life, which was when she had most of her struggles yeah. with, uh, with different kinds of, of abuse in her life. So really, really excited. But they also had some snapshots of, of her on the set of a younger Judy Garland on set of Wizard of Oz. So this I'm really pumped for, this biopic. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be really cool. And, and I think it's a timely movie, given mm-hmm. the, the climate uh, of, of how things are happening. I think yeah. it'll act as a cautionary tale. Um, Judy Garland did not have a glamorous life. You no. know, she, she had her struggles and, and she dealt with a lot of different things. And I think that this will be a good way to show that. And I hope that they do, hope they do, do her justice. Cause she really, as an artist, incredible. I mean, you mentioned like Aubrey, my sister loves this, l- loves Judy Garland. And so, I mean, if she had the remote, <laughs> you know, I, I watched a lot of Judy Garland too. Yes. So I can just remember watching, uh, uh, meet me in St. Louis. Yep. I mean, that's the one that comes to mind for sure. Um, but yeah, she, she's an incredible character. She's played incredible character. She's an incredible artist. So, uh, hopefully they do her justice with this one. Yep. Okay. Next jumping back into DC because this was something it, it may not have stuck out to people as like a huge headline, but it's something that I think is really interesting, which is Todd Phillips, which he he's been more in the comedy arena. So this is, this whole thing is an interesting fit, but he's directing a Joker movie and, the news coming out on that this week is that this Joker is not tied to any sort of comic book canon. Tied to no existing storylines, nothing that we've seen before. Risky. I think a lot of people sort of were thinking that that would be the case because, you know, they're calling this Joker Arthur. And I know that a lot of, like, the comic book historians were digging through trying to find out which Joker we were going to be getting here. But come to find out that it's that it's a uh, brand new, brand new take. And so are you, does that make you more or less excited for this movie? I think it makes it more exciting. We have, for me, it, we have uh, so many, so many of our films these days are kind of retellings of stories. Yeah. Good and, point. And this one to have something that's just completely off the wall, nothing that we can expect. That's a little exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm mostly excited for Joaquin Phoenix though. Yes. Love that dude. Speaking of, real quick, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, when you're going to say someone's name, make sure you get it right. There's a lot of actors with lots of uh, crazy names out there. Joaquin is definitely its own unique name. But surely people know how to say that by now, right? Well, okay. I'm glad you asked. So there was this little clip of a video I was watching, showed up in my in my Facebook feed one day okay. recently. And it was he was talking about various movies and all of a sudden, and he was doing a good job, all of a sudden he gets to talking about the Joker, Todd Phillips' Joker. And... He said, Joaquin. No. <laughs> Phoenix. No. Impossible. Joaquin. Wow. I, I was floored. Impossible. I mean, I get uh, that's a tough name to pronounce, but it's not like Joaquin Phoenix is a new new kid on the block. Like, I right. I'll hand up. I struggled with Mahershala Ali whenever he came out. Sure. But like, he was new on the scene. Yeah. And now I know. I learned it. 
and we're moving on. You weren't jumping to tell people about him miss saying your name. I'm sure, like like I do with people with diff- new names and stuff, I'm going to watch a video of their name real quick yeah. and say, how is every reporter saying their name? Joaquin Phoenix. No. No. That, Incorrect. Okay, I hope that that person uh, got what they deserved in the comments. Oh my goodness, yeah. So I that, uh, I went through the comments section, and there were like three hundred, and there was nothing about the kind of the good stuff that he was talking about prior to that. It was all about Joe Aquin, really? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, no, your your whole point is lost now. Your whole the whole point of your video is gone because yes. you you chose not to do full research. So, oh, uh, that's tough. That's a tough one to swallow. Um, so to go back to the Joker. I, I am excited. I'm mostly excited for, for Joaquin Phoenix or Joe Aquin Phoenix. <laughs> um, I think it'll be good. So I'm excited to see a new story. Um, okay, so let's wrap up movie news. We've got mm-hmm. one last one, and I want to talk about this one a little bit mm-hmm. because people have been asking me about the Eternals. I think I'm kind of known. I, I, I have this now that I obsessed over the Marvel Cinematic Universe so much, like people that I meet with on a daily basis, like whether it be at work or wherever, or like, okay, so tell me about this. And if I don't know, I'm always like, oh, no, like they think I'm an expert and I'm not. But The Eternals is something I do know a little bit about. Mm -hmm. They're casting this movie. Let's talk about this cast because there is some big news this week. So for a long time, we've been hearing about Angelina Jolie and Kumail Nanjiani, Mm -hmm. which that is a bonkers pairing. Yes, it is. (laughs) Like I I am shocked that those names are being said in the same sentence, (laughs) let alone like, one and two on a cast list for a movie. I like both of them. Yes. I think they do great work. Really excited to see Kumail in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I know that Angelina Jolie is going to bring it. But the news that came out this week, I'm, I mean, I'm giddy. Like, you can hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped on this. Mm-hmm. So we get Millie Bobby Brown yes. of Stranger Things fame. Yes. She's 11. Incredible actress. Very young. She's, she's got a lot a long way to go and i think she's gonna have a lot of good stuff in store for us Mm -hmm. and then finally richard madden my favorite the king of the north yeah rob rob stark so a little if you like game of thrones you like stranger things i mean you could look at it as like this is totally pandering (laughs) like they're like okay what are some of the big shows right now we got game of thrones (laughs) stranger things silicon valley let's go get those guys yes um i don't think that's what this is i think this is going to be a really strong cast yes um but the Eternals, do you know? Do you know much about the Eternals? We haven't really talked about it. I really don't know. Yeah. So I'm. So the reason I get so excited about talking about this is that I feel like the MCU is getting ready to go in a really cool direction if we're introducing the Eternals. Mm-hmm. So as weird as things got with Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of like intergalactic cosmic craziness, like multiply that by tenfold, okay. and I think that's where we're heading. So the Eternals. So in Marvel lore, this is sort of similar to like when people talk about Lord of the Rings lore and they talk about all the different like gods and like governing bodies that are there. So in Marvel, we have the Celestials, which I think people know about the Celestials right now because Ego from Guardians 2 from Guardians 2 was a Celestial. That was the um, Star-Lord's father. Star-Lord's father. Yeah. So also um, Nowhere, which is a planet that they allude to multiple times, is the disembodied head of a Celestial. Mm -hmm. So. Celestials sort of act as the gods. And what happened way back when in Marvel lore is that there was some intelligent being that created a bunch of Celestials. And the Celestials sort of battled each other for the right to rule the universe. Well, nobody really won that battle. It just ended up in a bunch of people getting their own universes, which introduces the Marvel multiverse, Mm -hmm. which leads to all kinds of things in the comics. Well, in 
our I'll say our universe, even though it's in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, on 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 our Earth, three Celestials did experiments on on mankind to see if they could create like a more superior race. Basically, the the premise being like Earth needs to be protected. We need a group of people that can do that. Um, so they had three different Celestials perform experiments. One Celestial created the Eternals, which were exactly that. Like they're this they're this uh, higher being. They have the they have all these different capabilities. They have all these different cool abilities, and they're going to protect the Earth. And they're yeah. like inherently good. The other Celestial created the Deviants, which is like the flip side. They mm-hmm. have all those same abilities, but they have like a naturally evil inclination. In fact, Thanos is an Eternal. He's a, he's a deviant. He's an eternal with deviant trait, and so we're gonna My get a. Li- we're probably gonna get a little bit more there too. And the third eternal did experiments on mankind. Thought like, oh, we don't really know what's gonna come come out of this. Years later, we find out he created the X gene, which creates the X Men. So, holy cow! Yeah. So so we're excited, right? Because what this what this means to me at least is that if we get the Eternals, we're going into that celestial, more cosmic space, which opens the door for characters like Nova, mm-hmm. who's from Xandar, which apparently got destroyed off-screen right. in in-game or Infinity War or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Captain or um, Adam Warlock, mm-hmm. who we know is coming, because yeah. he was teased in Captain, uh, or sorry, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and also the X-Men, which we know Marvel now has access to. Right. So... That's that's where we're at. Yeah, that, I didn't know any of that, so that's really exciting. So that the Eternals is like this gateway to, and also include Thanos as part of the conversation still, even though yeah. he's gone. Like uh, to to have that all interconnected for this new world, this Phase Four, that's really cool. I think it's gonna be cool. I, I really do. I think it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be a little bit different, but mm-hmm. that's good. We've seen we've seen a lot of different things from Marvel. I have no reason to believe they're gonna let us down here. So. I'm super excited. That's fantastic. And in, in this cast. One other thing, like Richard Madden, uh, I'm sorry, I, I love him so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, and here, full full um, disclosure, I've never seen a Game of Thrones episode. What? Not one. I'm one of the very few. I saw Richard Madden in a, a Netflix series called The Bodyguard, and he killed it. Really? He is so good. So I've not seen good. that. Ooh. Yeah, I need to check that out. On Netflix, The Bodyguard. Yeah, so add it to your to-do list. If you're yeah. if you're a uh, MCU person, you're getting excited for the Eternals. We need we need more Richard Madden in our lives. Yes. Um, he was also in um, Bohemian Rhapsody and also in Rocket Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So He's, so maybe there's some sort of connection between him and our friend Dexter Fletcher we were talking about earlier. Right. It all circles back. It's coming. It's all connected. <laughs> no, but I, I I do think the Eternals is going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Okay, that brings us to the end of movie news and the beginning of our review which this week is toy story 4 mm-hmm. which came out a few weeks ago but it was a film that you and i had both seen it's one of the biggest films of the summer it seems like it would be criminal not to talk about it right it's a big deal mm-hmm. so let's jump into this i really like so so kirk had this idea do you want to tell them a little bit about your idea for the review yeah so we we had lots of things to discuss each of us upon our review for our first episode spider-man far from home and i thought like let's make it let's give you guys some structure you listening guys or basically just talking points to make it a little bit easier as you're sitting at work or driving in your car on your one hour commute or jogging exercising whatever you might be doing so 
it's really easy to listen to when you have some some structure. So yeah, some and I think stuff. it like I think it also when we score, it makes it. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll it'll shed a little bit of light because it's not as impactful when somebody's like, "Here's how I feel about this movie, and here's my score." Right. But if you can hear how they feel on a few set criteria, mm-hmm. then maybe the score starts to come into focus a little bit. Exactly. Okay, so so tell us. Um, we've got a breakdown of different things that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Can you tee each of those up and then we'll dive into it? Yeah. Here, So first one up here, we're going to have our synopsis in 280 characters or less. Shout out to my wife uh, for for make creating that. Like, she's Great the job, best. Aubrey. Thanks, Aubrey. Oh, so it's like a tweet. It's like a tweet. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good thing those things aren't 140 characters anymore because that's that that's tough. Uh, yeah. I, I actually tried on the, on the former... Requirements of a tweet, and I failed miserably. I needed yeah, I mean, more than 140. I always had a hard time sending tweets because I was exceeding my character count. Right. So that's so good. So thank you, Twitter, for expanding your universe as well. Uh, so I'm going to read mine first. Yeah, go for it. For my synopsis in 280 characters or less for Toy Story 4. <clears throat> Should I do it in my DJ voice? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we need to. I think we need to bang that drum as much as possible. <laughs> if you feel like it will work, we got a lot of of good feedback on that one. Had to clear my throat here. Okay, yeah. you ready? Here we go. <clears throat> Woody returns in the newest adventure of Andy slash Bonnie's beloved toys. With the help of new and old friends, Woody embarks on trusting his heart and discovering that our purpose in life can sometimes change in ways we never expected. Wow. That was insane. Thank you. I didn't even hear a word that you just said. <laughs> I was just watching your face. <laughs> Also, I don't think that was your DJ voice. I think that was like your your um. What's what's that guy? Yeah, what is his name? It was more like that. Like yeah, there's that in guy. He has <laughs> yes, that guy. That guy. He has I gotta a name. find that guy's name. No, he doesn't. He shouldn't be named. He 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 has chosen the thankless job of reading uh, trailers. Yes. For a living. But yeah, you were that guy. You just I've, transformed into him. Whew. New tricks coming Dude, out. Dude, blow this popsicle stand. That was incredible. Thank you. You've got it. Thanks, man. I'm excited um, to hear your synopsis. Yeah, so I went in a different direction because okay. I am bad at reading uh, instructions, <laughs> and I don't follow the rules. That's fine. You're a trailblazer. So this is like a 280-character review, more mm-hmm. so. Love it. So here we go. A technically solid entry into the Toy Story saga with great additions to the cast. While fun and heartfelt, this story leaves viewers with more questions than answers. That was beautiful. Yeah. That's like, like um, I was modeling it after those like consensus things that they do on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. um, Because I think those are super helpful. They are. Yeah. I can see it. Like I'm scrolling through. It's like one of the top three once I click the critic score. That's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So that's the synopsis in 280 characters Mm -hmm. or the review if you're me and you just don't follow the rules. (laughs) So just get, just be used to that. Pick your favorite. Yeah. Or both. What's next? Uh, Now we're going to go to, and the Oscar goes to, who's your favorite actor from this movie? Okay. I'm going to go Tony Hale. Yes. So Tony Hale, if you watch Veep, first of all, if you don't watch Veep, watch Veep. Yeah. But Tony Hale's in Veep. He's in a bunch of stuff. I think he was in Arrested Development, right? So good in Arrested. Yeah. Development. Which I mean, like I watched, I watched a little bit of that show, but I was, I'm not one of these super fans of it. Tony Hale plays Forky in this movie, <laughs> which you've probably seen in the trailer. Forky is a spork. Yes. Right. He's not actually a fork because they talk a little bit about like how his name is like Sporky or something like that. Right. So he's a spork that Bonnie has like glued eyes and like tied pipe cleaners to yep. and finds himself turning into a toy and is having like this existential crisis of I'm, I'm not a toy. I'm just trash. I need to be trash. Mm-hmm. And this was a character I was really nervous about 
I mean, I don't know if you were, but just judging by the trailer, I was like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my initial thought. Maybe other people didn't feel that way, but I was like, this is this is a gimmick and it's not going to work. It worked and mm-hmm. it worked because Tony Hale nailed it. Yes, I fully agree. I was worried about it as well. I love the Toy Story franchise and seeing this new character like you got to be careful introducing new characters uh, that we're going to love. I had already seen Forky on the shelves, um, which it, it got recalled. So hopefully they come out with the new one. That oh, works. seriously? It did. Yeah. Well, you could just make your own, right? So they also have kits where you can create. Oh, Forky. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Which I think that's the best way to go. Um, but I was worried because I didn't know anything about this. But then exactly. He nailed it. It wasn't a gimmick and it was a fully fleshed out character. I loved it. Yeah. It was really good. Good choice. My pick has to go to none other than Tom Hanks. The goat. The gentleman of Hollywood. The goat. <laughs> he's he's so great. Like the the loyalist in me loves Woody so much and loves seeing that protagonist, that leader, bring everyone together. And he just, you know, he always goes above and beyond. And he certainly did in this film too. Yeah, I would say a lot of people's take from this movie was that this was Woody's story. Yes. This was this was a story about Woody, and I think in a lot of ways, Toy Story is is his story, but this more so than others, right. for sure. Definitely. Okay. Next cool. up. We've got Scene Stealer. What was the underrated or breakthrough performance from someone that you saw in Toy Story 4? Okay, you go first because I'm, I'm curious to see where you go. And I also kind of want to make sure that we don't have the same one. Maybe okay. I can pivot. Okay, great. You can pick one um, back your head here. So my favorite had to be Keanu Reeves. He just blew me oh, away. Oh, he was Duke Kaboom. Keanu Reeves, Duke Kaboom, Canadian Evil Knievel. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I mean, he it's there's just so many wonderful things that he does as i've never expected keanu to be a good voice actor he's got such a a noticeable voice and that's probably what makes it so easy to identify with him and so easy to fall in love with him as he plays this character yeah and he had me laughing the entire movie i really like that character too (laughs) i really really like that character i actually did not pick that character okay who you got so that's good um breaking the rules again (laughs) shocker (laughs) (laughs) so I went with Ducky and Bunny. Ooh, so this is yeah. this is uh, Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Keys or Keenan Keegan Keegan Michael yep. Michael Key. Uh, this is their their characters. Holy smokes, are these guys funny? Mm-hmm. Like so 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 funny. They do so many incredible bits. They're not one dimensional at all. Um, they don't even come into the movie until we're well underway. Yes, like it takes some time to get them introed. But they're like the they're to me they're one of the most memorable parts of this whole film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see if there is a Toy Story five. We don't know just yet, but they have to be in it. Like, yeah, I mean they do, and, and I mean I don't think there will be a Toy Story five without mm-hmm. going into spoilers. Um, everything here felt a little bit final again, but so did Toy Story three. That felt really. Toy final. Story three felt really final. Like we've got, we've got characters like weirdly staring death in the face and like coming to terms with it. Yes. And they, I mean, you know, they get, they get rescued and they go, they go to Bonnie's house and there's like that big moment of like, Andy has that horribly tear jerking moment where he's like handing over Woody and he says something like the best thing about him is that he'll never let you down. Like he's loyal. I'm, I'm going to cry. I know. We're going to cry. We're (laughs) going to cry. But that felt really final. And then, boom, Toy Story 4. Yeah. So I don't think there will be a 5. But what I will say is we know that Disney Plus is coming. Yes. And they're going to need a lot of content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mentioned it in my little, like, 280-character review. But, like, all the stuff they added worked 
really well. It did. It was really, really good. All the characters that they added. Sometimes I'm like wishy-washy when people add new characters, but these were all good. They were. And any one of them could be spun up into like a TV show or like, you know, they're doing like um, straight to Disney Plus movies. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'd have to think with Toy Story Land like being built in Disney World, they're going to go that direction with these characters. And I hope we get more. I think you're spot on right there. Absolutely. One of the coolest things about Toy Story 4 with this uh, about... Uh, was how funny this one was. Like it they're, was, they're yeah. all funny, but they used some like new devices and in, in their characters uh, to single-handedly being one of the one of the funniest pieces in, in these four films. So yeah, bravo to you, Disney and Toy Story. As yeah, always, it's a great job. Um, next up, Showstoppers. What was the production value? What 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 came to mind? Um, what really stood out to you? Did they do it well? Did they not? Like what you got? Yeah, I would say that overall, this music, this movie was not at all what I expected. Mm-hmm. And so what stood out to me was the direction that they went with it, but also just this movie is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful movie. There is one of the key areas in this movie is, well, there's two of them. We've got the antique shop and the carnival, both of which the level of detail, it's Pixar level detail, and they just... Like they smashed it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. That antique store, it felt like you were like you could almost smell it. Yeah, you know how antique stores kind of smell. Yes, it's it just felt so real, and they did such a good job. And I just, it, it would have been easy for them to, you know, build this world that's, you know, just kind of like lackluster and and not really go anywhere new with this movie. But they they definitely didn't. I mean, they, they went all kinds of new places. This was a very different Toy Story movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what sticks with me. Yeah, they didn't hold back. That's what's really cool about watching the progression of technology between Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and now 4. Um, in the trailer, you, you, you'll see that there's like a raining scene. And that is what like captured me. That's what sucked me in uh, the most about this movie. You see rain on these toys and... It's like, whoa, that I'm not looking at CGI anymore. I'm looking at a toy yeah. out the window being rained on. It's insane. Yeah, and Toy Story has always sort of been in a league of its own in mm-hmm. terms of the look of it. And I think Pixar knows that this is their crown jewel, this yes. this universe. And yeah, I mean to your point, they just they killed it. They Production killed it. value, fantastic. Yep. Okay, my last little section here for us for our review is called Director's Shoes. So if you were the director, Cameron, what would you change? The story, the casting, production, if anything. Like, is there something that uh, if we want to get, like, super nitpicky, like, I really, I love the movie, but what if they did this? Yeah. This one is an easy one for me. Mm -hmm. There was not enough of the original cast. Not enough Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear was almost a bit part. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, actually, I will go. I will say he was. He was. A, he was just a gadget in this movie. Um, Jesse, Slinky, Bullseye, uh, Ham, all those guys. I mean, they were hardly in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. They're there. They. I mean, Rex. Sorry, now I'm just naming parts of the cast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like th- those guys were there, but they just. They're not a part of this movie. They're. They're really not. Y- mm-hmm. You see them, and it's like it almost feels like a checked box, like. Okay, we've got all these guys. And I think something that you have to do 
something that comes as a burden of growing your universe and adding more characters is you have to find a way to incorporate all of them. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they did that in this movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like it felt like Woody's story because Woody was really the focal point and a couple of the pieces that were around him were the center of attention and a lot of our favorites not featured. So I think that's a miss. I think it's a big miss. I think that they should have done more with those characters. And so if this is the last Toy Story which I am almost certain it will be, I'm going to have a hard time getting over that one. Right. That's so funny. One fun thing about our notes here is that we generally don't share our notes or our reviews with each other. Um, And this is only our second review, but I think we'll continue to do that. Yeah. What's really cool about that is I basically had the exact same notes as that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, if we break it down, it's the, it's the balance of characters is exactly what you're saying. So in Toy Story one, we had Woody and Buzz. That's the story. Toy Story 2, Woody Buzz added Jesse. Very fair and even balance. Toy Story 3 went to Woody Buzz and really Andy and about Andy's growth and struggle of letting go, right? Which was a great feel. So good. Yeah. Like it was out of left field for, for that to be the focus and it was done so well and would make me cry again. Toy Story 4, it, it, I, it had too many subplots too many introductions to not be able to support that original cast of, of what we came and loved about everyone. Yeah. Uh, and I would say cars three did a very similar thing. They had all these great new characters to add, but they didn't rely enough on the core people yeah. the ensemble that we fell in love Where with. Where were all the radiator Springs guys? Exactly. You know, like we've got all these great new characters yeah. that do a good job and serve a purpose, but where are the characters that we know and love? Right. And, and yeah, I, I, I think that's right on the money. And I just hope that, you know, it's something they can learn from going forward. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, this is the second time that they've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I do think that we'll, I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Buzz Lightyear by right. any means. Um, but you know, it, this is a, this is a core entry to their, to this story. It may be the final entry. It seems like a big mess to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you also called it out just shows how, how palpable it is and right. how you can you can feel it and you get halfway through this movie and you're like wait what's going on here where are my friends yeah so like you definitely still see them all all of our fan favorites are still in there um all of the characters that cameron listed listed off but <laughs> i can they... do more do you want me to do more <laughs> how many more do you remember <laughs> wheezy uh um, potato head this is potato head those little alien guys yes <laughs> okay rapid fire yeah um, they're still there, but man, I feel like they, they should have been pumped up just a little bit more to really include them in the overall story of this one. Yeah, for sure. So let's go, let's do our scores and kernels, unless you have anything else to add on this movie. That's all I got. You can go first. Okay. I'm going to go with, and a lot of this, re- a lot of this was because it was so funny and because of all the things we've already talked about and because the really big, the really big left hook for me was the production value of this, mm-hmm. that showstopper was a 9.0. 9.0. Just kernels. a flat 9. 9.0 kernels. 9 kernels. I think that's a good score. I'm going to be a little harsher on this movie. Okay. Because I, I think that the misses are big ones. Um, and I just think that overall, for this to be the last entry, I think you have to look at... And, and it, this goes back to Toy Story 3 feeling so final. The litmus test for every single, in my mind, remake or sequel is you have to ask yourself, did this movie need to be made? Mm -hmm. Did it need to be made? Do I need to see this part of the story? I think that's a big no on this one. Mm -hmm. I don't think this needed to be made. I think we could have left it at Bonnie getting handed over the toys. Beautiful. It It felt very, it felt very smooth that transition. 
And it's not to say that this movie wasn't good, but I think that that could have ended it. So I'm going to give it an 8.6. All right. Um, and it, it's it's still on the higher end of the spectrum, I think, fully, because what what this movie does add, it, it just really does really well. All of the new characters are very good and technically a very solid movie. Yep. Um, so I would put it at 8.6, just a little bit in that, that middle B range. I think that's very fair. All right. So that is Toy Story 4. If you've seen this movie, which I think a lot of people have, it did really good in the box office, share your thoughts. We've got... Um, we're on Twitter now at PFB underscore podcast. You can tweet at us there. You can post on Facebook. You can hit us up on the website, popcorn number four breakfast.com. Um, anything you want. We've we're also, also on got, the gram. We're, yeah, we're on the gram now. Mm-hmm. We're on IG. Uh, so we'll, we'll get that rolling. And we have the longest email in the history of emails. <laughs> so if you want to email us, feel free. But have a pen and paper ready, okay? <laughs> so we'll he, say it about six times well, yeah. so you can catch it. Here we go. So it's popcorn for breakfast podcast at gmail.com. Can you say that again, Cameron? Yes. Or can someone hit the 15-second rewind button on your, yeah. on your Apple Watch? Like that, that noise? Yes. Yeah, I think that that was the noise that I'm supposed to make. <laughs> popcorn for breakfast podcast at gmail.com. That is not the number four. This is spelled out. Um, the other handle wasn't available. I tried F-O-R like O R or F O U R. No F O R. There we go. F O R. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the, the regular four, not the number mm-hmm. four. Okay. So please let us know your thoughts on toy story Four. good movie. Well, we should be able to have lots of good discussion about it. So, so hit us with it. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to something that I had this idea a couple of weeks ago and I kind of ran it past you. But to me, Toy Story 4 was kind of the perfect time to talk about it because to me, Toy Story 2 is the best movie in that series. It really is. I think it is. Um, and I know that like there's nothing like the original, but every once in a while, we get a film franchise where the sequel, one of the sequels, is the best movie in the series. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to do was rate the franchises where the sequel or one of the sequels was the best film in the franchise, top five. Mm-hmm. So... Let's start with number five. I want you to kick us off. All right. I'm going to go with this one gets gets up there on a lot of lists, and it's so true. The Terminator series. Ooh, I didn't even think about Terminator. Yeah. That's a good one. Terminator 1 was incredible. People didn't expect it, and people didn't really know at all who Arnold Schwarzenegger was at that time. Good point. And they, they, they crushed it. This new world, these, these cyborgs, Skynet, the whole thing. And then Terminator 2 came out, and it just blue terminator one out of the water like it's so good it's so well developed you've got john connor uh in, in the mix of all of this too and they really just james cameron nailed it on yeah terminator 2. i love terminator 2 mm-hmm. it's a good one and i also like from my childhood remember all of the marketing collateral around t2 yep and it was great they did so much and and it was it's always funny like you always if you remember that stuff those movies have a special place in your heart it's kind of like the the I'm going to need a bigger box Chihuahua Godzilla Taco Bell commercial. Yes. Like for whatever reason, even though that Godzilla movie wasn't great, it's, I still remember those campaigns and it has a special place in my heart for that reason. Absolutely. What you got? Okay. Number five, I got the hunger games. So yes. the hunger games, number one was good. It drew everybody in. I think it was a little on the lower end in terms of budget. And you can kind of feel that a little bit. It was one of those things where you're like, this is a really good movie. I feel like it could have been better, but they were kind of feeling it out. Mm-hmm. At number two was incredible. Mm-hmm. 
And I think probably because the second book is like the turning point of the series. And so the movie is too, but man, the acting, the production value really high, that twist when they pull that on you Mm -hmm. is great. And they actually do, they hit you with like a twofer on the twist. It's like the first time it's like the clock thing. Uh, like whenever they figure out that the arena is a clock. Yes. And then there's the twist at the end. So just when you're like starting to get comfortable, there's the whole like you're the Mockingjay and it ends on a cliffhanger. We all support you. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're in this for you. Let's yeah, get out yeah. of here. So The Hunger Games, number two, Catching Fire. Love that movie. Solid. I will go back and watch that movie. And I think overall the series is good. Mm-hmm. I just think that movie, for whatever reason, is just way above the rest. It really is. Yeah. I feel you on that one for sure. Um, I, I did not know we were ranking these in order. So I broke the rules on this one. So okay. uh, just a heads up. Terminator, if I'm looking at my list of these top five, Terminator would be my number one. So oh, gotcha. I'm okay. gonna drop down to the bottom of my list now. Yeah, go, <laughs> go number five now that now that we know the top. <laughs> Suspense is over on Kirk's no, list. No, that's all right. That's all right. So no. here's my number five. We're gonna go with Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point though. I mean, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, you had your first one. Great job. Uh, Mike Myers and uh, all the things that happened in that Elizabeth Hurley's in that one but you really get this second one mini me Vern Troyer enters the mix in Spy Who Shagged yeah iconic character yes Heather Graham Heather Graham pops in there as well and it's just it's so good we get so much more character development on Dr. No and and their relationship between him and Austin Powers and yeah number two of of the Austin Powers is is my pick for that series that's funny that's funny I like that one all right number four I'm going to go Mission Impossible. Ooh. Mission Impossible 1 is good. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 2, not nope. good. <laughs> big big time miss. Um, but then from there, they really hit their stride. And they're actually, they're just getting better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't explain how they're getting better, but they are. I mean, Tom Cruise is not getting younger. Nope. Um, the, the, the action film landscape has changed a lot. But these movies just do such an awesome job. Simon Pegg has been incredible in these movies. Yes. Um, and I just, I can't wait for, if they if they want to make these movies until Tom Cruise is 85 years old, I'm all in on that. Because mm-hmm. I thought the most recent edition, Fallout, mm-hmm. with Henry Cavill, or is that how you say it, or is yep. it Henry Cavill? Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm, no. I'm now, now we're the Joe oh, Quinn no. Phoenix person. No. <laughs> we, we ruined ourselves. <laughs> anyway, however you say his name. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> he was great, and that movie is so, so good. One of the best action movies I have ever seen. It's really, it's really unbelievable. We've talked about how introducing um, new characters in movies, you got to do it right. And this one did it so well. So right. Uh, in, in every, in every single aspect. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just forget about mission impossible Two, but three, four, five is this, this is fall at six. I can't even remember. I think it technically is. Cause it I is, think yeah. that, um, rogue nation. That's right. Was five They They just, I'm with you. They just keep getting better. And I think it's just going to continue. All right. You're number four, number four, back to the future. Part two, what yeah man oh okay i want to hear <laughs> hear this. me out hear me out okay back to the future incredible but back to the future part two maybe it's maybe it's all about how stories get interconnected no, with their man. first one do, for me because when when you get to back to the future part two and they go to the future and you see how everything has affected uh the future and then the past with with back to the future two like 
Oh, it gets me, man. And I just love all the futuristic things they have. Like my wife actually just just a couple of days ago, we were cleaning out our our attic and uh, I have the actual when the date caught up to reality, the November uh 2000, what was it? 2000 15? Oh yeah, 2015. Yep, that's right. When that uh, I think USA Today came out with a news article that was the same one that was printed in the movie. Yeah, I have like ten copies of that, and my wife's Aubrey. She's like, "Can I throw like nine of these ten away?" I'm like, "No, you need to keep all of them." Uh, yeah, and like <laughs> Nike did the shoes. Yes, that's that, right. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, all all the marketing around that was pretty cool. Yeah. so I'll I'll take that. And I'm also a sucker for marketing, so maybe it's all that together, but. Back to the Future Part 2, I think it's better than one just because of all the exciting and, and really creative things they did with it. Yeah, for sure. Good one. Um, I still like the first one better, but that's okay. That's we all can, right. We can disagree on that. I still love you. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy is my number three. and Solid. It's honestly shocking to me that it's this low, but I think when you hear my top two, it'll come into focus a little bit because I the Dark Knight, to me, is the best one, the best addition into this uh franchise Mm -hmm. i I thought the dark knight rises was good and it felt it like the dark knight in a lot of ways but heath ledger's joker man you just can't compete with that out of this world it's it's insane and and it really it really does achieve that academy award quality um that that i think kind of identifies that whole Mm -hmm. you know that whole series it's it's it is such a high quality superhero series it's it's hard to wrap my head around but the dark knight is in a league of its own and that whole trilogy is good the dark knight stands stands above the rest for sure i agree with that excellent choice so we're on my number three three yeah okay, great i'm gonna go with something that helped define uh we love superhero movies here uh more superhero movies that that are now that what we're seeing is toby mcguire's spider-man sam raimi's spider-man spider-man Ooh, that's 2. a good pick that's a really good pick mm-hmm. yeah so when spider-man 2 came out with uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Tobey Maguire, of course, was the reigning Spider-Man at that time. It really shook people because it was so well done. There were so many different mechanisms that they used, so many cool CGI developments between Spider-Man 1 and 2. It looked even more real when he was swinging around New York City. And just just how, how they put everything together for that one, I think, has really shaped twists and the unexpected um, element of what we see in Marvel and even the DC movies. Yeah, too. and that movie holds up. Mm-hmm. I actually think the first two Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire hold up really well till still today. You don't like the third one, or I mean, <laughs> I love the scene where he's wearing all the, the black goth. clothes and he's dancing <laughs> in the in the uh, like alleyway and like yes. like snap pointing his fingers at people <laughs> like finger guns. Yes, because that's just an all time that's an all time moment. Just wonderful pop culture reference now. Yeah, it's um. Anyway, that's that's haunting my memories now. But yes. I those first two movies are so good. Yes, they are. Um, and I I go back and watch the Tobey Maguire ones even still, Absolutely. even though we have a great Spider Man now. Though that's my childhood. Yep. And those are those are great movies. Okay, my number two. So we'll do my number two, your number two, and then my number one since we already know Terminator. Because we know my number one. Number one. <laughs> um, Star Wars. All right. Star Wars, which I am a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So. The reason that this one is number two is because I couldn't decide which of the sequels is my favorite. I yeah. go back and forth. I And where I landed was Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I know that the fan favorite pick here is Empire. And that's fine. I'll, I'll seed that. That's okay. You, you can have that one. But I think Return of the Jedi ties up the story in such a great way. It puts It puts like a really clean ending at the end of that 
trilogy, like even even a cleaner ending than we've gotten in any of the other mm-hmm. wrap ups. I mean, I guess we don't know what Rise of Skywalker will bring, but Return of the Jedi, that battle with Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader against the Emperor, oh my gosh, I get goosebumps thinking about that because Same. that that scene is one of my favorite all time scenes in movies, and that movie defines star wars for me mm-hmm. and so that that's why it's number two on my list i fully support you on return of the jedi being your favorite over empire everybody says empire though yeah i guess it's because people hate the ewoks which i think is really weird because like you can't hate that and like everything else because of it's such aliens. a it's such a george lucas thing mm-hmm. you know the porgs are pretty similar now i think in a lot of ways like the porgs that they have yes it's it's fun it's just it's just pure fun like i know that it's it's goofy and you know just don't be too serious about star wars come on exactly and just how cool luke comes in uh lightsaber blazing and so how calm cool collected he is when he's out there saving han right at the oh yeah it's like he's got it he's figured his jedi life out this is gonna be an awesome he's wearing he's wearing the all black and and the black glove over his severed hand he's just ready to do business he's like john wick (laughs) yeah he's just ready to go (laughs) and han solo is his dog like it's (laughs) yes (laughs) it's so good i fully support you if you also are a big if you are in the minority and uh love return of the jedi more than empire strikes back let us know about it on any of our various social yeah we we should start a support group yes because those empire guys they could be mean they'll strike you down they come after you yeah you got like so if you if you don't know that already guard that take with your life on 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 social media yes people will come for you Mm -hmm. and they will they will hurt your feelings in a major way i've been there yes (laughs) okay what's your number two here's my number two again you know my number one is terminator my number two is dark knight trilogy oh yeah okay yep and back and forth like yeah dark knight incredible superior to batman begins batman begins was groundbreaking um i love that christopher nolan came out later and told us about his concept for each film that batman begins was fear Uh, oh yeah yeah this is good the dark knight was chaos and dark knight rises was pain Mm. those concepts and that's probably what makes each of those films so good is because he 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 drove down the concept of each film to one idea yeah like he's christopher nolan you're a baller and yeah uh yeah i'll take dark knight or dark knight rises all day over batman begins but i still love batman begins yeah for sure all right that brings us to number one we know you're number one i think terminator is a great pick Mm -hmm. i didn't even it didn't even cross my mind and so now i'm having like list envy a little bit like i wish (laughs) i would have talked about it but i'll stick to my guns here okay number one on my list is the lord of the rings Mm mm-hmm um, which Kirk, I mean, I hate to, I hate to out you, no. but we have to lay this out on the table because you'll be found out at some point soon anyway. Yeah. All right. Tell us it's confession time. All right, guys. Uh, hi, my name is Kirk and I have not seen all of the Lord of the Rings films. I have. Boo. <laughs> Boo. I'm, I'm just, that's what everybody's going to say. So they I'm just are. like kind of trying to give it to you live here. You're probably screaming in your car or wherever you're at right now saying, What? You're doing a movie podcast? You sound just like that. And you haven't seen them? Like, I've seen the very first Lord of the Rings. Okay. And I've also seen Hobbit number one. Mm. I've, Ouch. <laughs> and I've Ouch. seen nothing else. Yeah. Um, it's okay. This is a safe space. Thank you. You're, I know that I just booed you, but I'm gonna. I'm coming back now. Thank you. It's okay. We'll, we'll get you there. Right. But here's what you have to look forward to. Okay. The Lord of the Rings is incredible. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson. So... 
I, when I was little, while everybody else was reading Harry Potter, I was reading Lord of the Rings because I was a weirdo. And I, and, and I'm like, I was one of those annoying, like, want to be a hipster kid. Like, I don't need the mainstream. And yeah. I absolutely love Harry Potter now. So I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. But I was reading Lord of the Rings. So I read Lord of the Rings before these movies came out. And the movies do such an incredible job. And The Return of the King, I mean, one best picture. Right. Yeah, it's it's so good. They they all get better. Aragorn as a character, his development is what makes each movie better than the last. And you look back and you're like, wow, Fellowship is the worst of these movies and it's like still world-class, incredibly good. I love The Lord of the Rings. Every time I talk about The Lord of the Rings at length, I have the urge to go back and watch this series because if you, and I, I'm one of these guys with the extended editions who's like, you have to watch the extended edition. I'm that guy. So nice. I'll just lay that out there. But when you get a chance to sit down and watch all these together, the story grows and builds and does so in a very seamless way. And at the end, you're like, that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And Return of the King you know, it just delivers. And a lot of people will say that two towers is, is better. I think it's a coin flip to be totally honest with you. I think they're both that good. Um, but Lord of the Rings is firmly at number one for me. Perfect. Maybe you'll, uh, do you own them? I don't own them. Oh, of course. Okay. I'm going to be borrowing them. Yes. Yes. Please do. I have to, I probably have to be ready before the next podcast airs because I, I just need to be able to, to speak to it before I get pummeled by our fans no it's all good it's all good and in and, and full transparency i've never seen the matrix Ooh. not even one of them isn't that uh, kind of shocking wow to like have grown up when i grew up yes and not seen the matrix this is sharing time right here yeah i know we're laying it all out putting there. ourselves on blast um so homework homework assignments then you matrix i will watch one, two, the three. matrix yep are there and more than that are there, there are three. three okay good yep Thank just goodness. three yeah um lucky for you and then i have at least two films to watch you don't have to watch The Hobbit. Can I skip those? Please do. Okay, cool. So The Hobbit, some people like those movies. It's okay if you like them. But very few people who read the book like the movies. Okay, great. I just want to see Vigo grow into his own because oh, I love man, him so much. Oh, man, Vigo. Vigo. So good. <laughs> All right, so that's a wrap on our top five. If you have thoughts on a top five, send them over. We want to see it. I, this, is a, this is a really fun topic, and we want to dig in more, and I'm sure Kirk, could find, Kirk and I could find some more film franchises that we want to talk more about so hit us up we'll maybe you'll be featured on carpe dm next week if that's carpe still DM. If that's still what it's called <laughs> it will be forever please please, please send us suggestions please i will um, only call it that <laughs> uh, that hey you know what that's fair that's fine it's it's your baby um but that's a wrap on this episode i want to talk a little bit about next episode which will be kind of like how i talked about next episode last time yes. because it's the same thing so one thing i will lay out is that I am getting surgery this week, so bear with us on the timing of the next episode. We are going to go see Lion King. We are going to review it. We'll be ready to talk about it. I don't know if it will be the same time, but it will definitely be next week sometime, so just be ready for that. In the meantime, we mentioned it in the open. Go fill out that Disney bracket. Hit us up. Make sure you print it. Don't try to use DocuSign. I can't I can't emphasize that enough. Do not use DocuSign. Kirk's, Kirk's uh, DocuSign experiment failed, and I don't want you to fall into the same trap. I can't emphasize it enough. Yeah. It was a terrible experience. Kirk, Kirk lived it. Um, so please go fill that out. You can find it on our website um, at popcorn4breakfast.com. Uh, we'll be talking about Lion King. We're also going to talk Stranger Things next time because I will have been caught up by then. I'm confident in that. Mm-hmm. And by me speaking it now, 
It means that it will happen. Accountable. Yeah. Finally, and as always, a big special thanks to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast and lets us use his studio. We are eternally grateful. And we got some amazing feedback on the theme song. I would love to be able to take credit for that theme song, but that is all the genius of Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed. Thank you guys for that theme song. Uh, We'll play it out and enjoy your day. Thanks, everyone.